Good morning, Faith Fellowship. Good morning. <laughs> That's awesome. Okay, if you have your Bible, yeah, now, <laughs> if you have your Bible, and you, I'm sure you do, uh, tablet, uh, cell phone, whatever it is that you have, Get yourself to Acts three, and one of the one of the things that um, that I want to kind of just propose to you is: Has there been anything that you've learned about your your family? Um, You know, one of the things that's kind of interesting, especially for couples like Serena and I. You know, we've been married for twenty plus years, and uh, it'll be 21 this October, is there's always something still to learn. You know, you can assume that you, man, in 20 years, I think, okay, there's nothing new that I'm going to learn about Serene. But when you spend time with, with people, like we have had to spend time this time, um, you get some new discoveries. And, uh, and so I like that. And what that does is actually, it's like the more that I know, the closer that we become. Well, I say that because I, there is something that I, w- I want you to consider uh, this morning. Our anchor verses are going to be in Ephesians uh, 3, 17 through 19. And it says that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. And to know the love of Christ, which passeth knowledge that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. And so in that, those anchor verses, you got to understand something. In verse 18, it informs us that there is more to Christ than what's on the surface. And because of this, we should, we should seek, seek that out. See, there's some discovery there. I like to think of it when he says, you know, breath, and length and depth and height, that's volume. You know, like in a room, you would think about if we took water and filled up a room, you need to calculate the floor space, the wall space, and all of those spaces. And so that's what it is. The depths of, of Christ's love for us is like that. So then you have to ask yourself, do I know, do I know everything I need to know about Christ? Uh, the answer is, is no. <laughs> I, I can assure you, you don't. And so that's kind of where we're going we're gonna to be just as we look at this uh, passage real quick here. And, and so I want to uh, propose a, a statement to you. An ever-increasing discovery of the person of Christ will drive our decisions, maturation process, and be our hope. See, the more that you actually do that, there, is, there are things that are going to be unlocked in you because there is a trust being built. It's like I was saying about me and Serene. The more that I find out about her, I already know what her favorite color is because I've had to buy gifts to that. I know what if she likes gold or silver or you know whatever. I I know I like I know what she likes to eat. But there there are more inner details that can only be discovered through the tightness of which you know we are at this point. And it's the same with the Lord. And so. An ever-increasing discovery of the person of Christ will drive our decisions, our maturation process, and be our hope. So does what you know about Christ lead you to follow him? I think the one thing is like, okay, you say, I'm, I'm following the Lord, and I have, um, 
you know, I, I put my trust in him and I'm saved. And so now I'm in, I'm in discipleship, but are there places of distrust that you have or Christ that is causing you to not move forward in your faith even more? See, what's the point of, of, of sellout to you? Is it biblical or is it your definition of well being sold out to Christ? I want to present to you that perhaps there's something about the Lord that you, you don't know. And so you don't trust him. And so you have found a comfort zone in which to stay. And, uh, now you're underdeveloping, like you're sabotaging your own, your own development, your own growth. And so, man, we don't want to do that. So our, our thesis this morning is this, the more you know about Jesus, the easier trusting him will be. Okay. That, I mean, that's just, that's just what it is. Christ is an open book, pun intended, super corny. God, that's like, man. <laughs> but Christ is an open book, so the discovery is in your hands. I mean, now we are, um, we just, we hit a low of just corniness right there. <laughs> but it is true. Christ is an open book, the book. And so the discovery is in your hands. Whatever it is that you want to know about Christ, Man, you have but to open your Bible, spend time there, and then you absolutely will find him uh, to be in front of you. And so let's go to Acts and see that. This is, you know, our title was Well-Informed. And uh, I, my, this is absolutely my prayer that you are well-informed um, uh, this morning. And that maybe it is that you will inquire of the Lord, hey, is there something I don't know about you? You know, I think there's a question that you need to propose to yourself between you and the Lord that says, hey, is there some act, uh, detail, some aspect that I don't know about you that's stopping me from moving forward in a faithful way? Man, if the Lord hinders you on something, that's one thing. But if you're hindered because you lack faith, it's probably because of something related to where you, you know, what you know about him. And so Acts 11 through 26, you know how I like to read the text. Let's, let's get into it. Uh, Serena, I think maybe, is there four people waiting? No, that's Oh, okay. 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 Cool. Cool. Um, okay. So here we go. In verse 11, it says, and as the lame man, which we, we heard about in super fellowship last week, for those of you that didn't, um, hear that. I'm sure that's recorded. You can go back and check that out. Um, But here we are, we kind of just covering this again because, you know, it's all tied together for this chapter. And as the layman, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's great, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered to the people, you men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why look you so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness, we had made this man to walk. The God of Abraham and of Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, have glorified his son whom you delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the Prince of Life, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. In his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom you see and know, Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Here's our our key verse right here, verse 17. And now, brethren, I want that through ignorance ye did it as did also your rulers. 
that I want there would be I perceive or I know. So we could replace that and say, and now, brethren, I perceive that through ignorance you did it as as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had shown by the mouth of all of his prophets that Christ should suffer, he has so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me, him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. You are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, and in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, Send him to bless you and turning away every one of you from his iniquities. And so our context is going to be this. Peter's sermon is to call to attention what is actually being displayed, which is faith in the name of Jesus Christ. And he does this by making contrast. And so we kind of have a, a table here that, you know, I know just some of you, the way you think this, you like this kind of thing. But if we just look at, um, <clears throat> Verses 11 and 12, you have uh, man's power versus Jesus' power. You know, when it says, and as the lame man, which was healed, you know, they're marveling at what they saw. And Peter is very quick to be like, hey, it's not me. This, this is the power of the Lord. So now in light of what we said earlier in terms of discovery, what is he doing? He's like trying to open the pages and make a display of, no, let me, you thought it was this, you think it's me, it's really the Lord, right? And so now he is starting to, un, you know, reveal some things that, well, they missed. In verse 13 and 14, you have God glorify Christ, and then you see that man denies Christ. You know, he makes that, that comparison there. In verse 15, man kills but God resurrects. In verse 16, the lame man's faith, you see that and what it does, but then he's speaking to men who are without faith. In verse 17 and 18, you have in 17, man's ignorance, and in verse 18, godly knowledge. In 19, you have repentance, you know, where he's calling them to that, or they could, or, but if they don't take heed to that, they could stay in sinfulness. In verse 20, you have Christ sent to earth. And so we, we, we know like, hey, this, this fulfillment has taken place, right? But then Christ received in heaven. And boy, that's just that beautiful picture. It makes me think of that passage in Ephesians that talks about his authority, how he's able to walk to and fro. And nobody can tell him what to do. He does what he wants to do, <laughs> you know? And so in 22, boy, this 22 and 23 are really critical. And I pray that you you kind of understand it. In 22, it's heard versus listening, right? There are a lot of things that we've heard about Christ, but are we listening? Uh, there are things that you may have heard, the testimony of other individuals, but again, the question would be, 
is are you listening and how is that impacting your walk? <clears throat> and so, boy, that that's something that I think you just need to take with you. I mean, you know, as Sam would say, that'll preach just by itself, <laughs> right? And then verse 25, be a blessing uh, versus being blessed just as an individual. That God's heart, obviously, was to use Israel to be a blessing to the world. But now, here it is with what Jesus Christ has done, where so he's the blessing. Okay, well, now you can still individually uh, get a benefit there. And so all of this is just to connect the dots for them. There is an ignorance that he knows that because he is like super Israelite. He is, has a, a bleeding heart for his people. He, you, we know that his kingdom focus is based on, I want to see the establishment of God's kingdom here on, on earth, right? With Jesus Christ being at, at the temple in Jerusalem. So that's the, the intention of his heart. But those dots didn't get connected over time, even though there's been tons of foreshadowing that's been taking place. And so you can see what ignorance has done for them has hindered them greatly. So now it says in 2 Corinthians 3, 12 through 18, seeing then that we have such hope, we use great plainness of speech. See, that that wasn't happening. There was all this foreshadowing or David would write these Psalms and it's like the Lord himself is writing it. And David penned it, and so they might be thinking, oh, this is David in a, in a time of trouble with Saul or whatever. No, this is talking about Jesus Christ, right? And so now Paul is like, hey, we're done with that. I'm just, <laughs> just telling you straight up, it's Jesus Christ, him crucified, you know? And so you have in verse 13 uh, of 2 Corinthians 3, 12, or sorry, uh, yeah, 3 and 13, and not as Moses, but which put a veil over his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look to the end of that which is abolished. Man, the veil, we're done with that. Lift it up, take it off. Oh, it's ripping in half. We're done. But here's what it is. But their minds were blinded for until this day remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses read, the veil is upon their heart. And so you have the two body parts that are mentioned here, the mind and the heart. This is where our, our ignorance goes, you know, and, and where it really comes from. And if you think about just the difference between hearing something and listening, boy, you can hear it with your ears and but not comprehend it and definitely not attach it to your heart. And you're still ignorant of that. Man, that's where Israel is. So in terms of doctrinally, what we're looking at, we're looking at an ignorance that Peter is like, hey, let's unseat that just so that you can get your bearings on what it is in front of you here so that now you can come to repentance and come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. See, in the rest of that, in 2 Corinthians, it says, nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, man, that's all we got to do. And praise the Lord for the simplicity of just that line. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be excuse me, taken away. Now, the Lord is that spirit, and where that spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all, with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image, so into his image, from our glory to his glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. So you got to remember something, okay? I'm saying, I'm proposing this question to you this morning of, are the things that you know about Christ enough for you to take 
full steam ahead what it is that the Lord is putting in front of you. But I don't want you to muster up some sort of um, manpower, right? Like I'm going to, okay, I hear you and I'm going to do this. And I'm going to discover these things. And I, No, listen, the framework is that uh, is love. I'm just going to say it back to you in Ephesians 3.17. Remember that the first verse, okay, so 18 was the one where it says able to comprehend with all the saints. Okay, in 17 it says, oh, this, listen, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. How? By faith. That you being rooted and grounded. How? In love. See, I'm saying that basically there is a loving relationship and a closeness that the Lord is desiring of you in order to get you to that next step. It is by his love that you are saved. It will be by his love that you can move through sanctification. It will be his love that he's coming back to get you. And that thing should root and ground you. So how then, if I'm not rooted or grounded, then that must be, I don't know who I'm, who I'm living with. It's like, uh, I, sometimes Serena and I, we don't like, like time apart a whole lot because it's like we're roommates. Now we're husband and wife. So the closeness of whatever that, all that that entails, I want all of that to be happening all the time. Now, you know, we got to go to work. We got, you know, and all that, but just in terms of, I never want to feel like a roommate. So, Is the Lord a roommate? Well, you know that the Holy Spirit dwells in you. But man, like, how close are y'all? He's trying to run the show. You trying to run the show. That We ain't on the same page. And so it's just the thing that begs the question. A lot of times it's like, why am I resisting? Why am I so fearful? Why am I so faithless? Like, I just, I... What's the motivation behind why it is that you serve the Lord? Is it love-based? I mean, it can be fruit. It can be obedience. But is it just simply in the fact that you're like, I can't believe that the God of everything did this so that I can be reconciled back to him and he loves me. Like just that alone. I'm, there are, okay, I, I don't particularly care for washing dishes, but I love my wife. So I, she cooks and maybe I'll wash the dishes or vice versa, or we do it together or whatever. Like there are acts of love that you just do naturally and it's not a big deal. But the first time the Lord asks us to do anything, it's like, all right, man, listen, what do you mean getting the word every day? I am busy. I got stuff to do. I might have to snooze, wait, work out something, watch, get coffee. Something. I got something else to do, right? Or the Lord says, hey, I want you to prepare your resources to go on this missions trip. What are you talking about? I ain't been on vacation. Now you want me to go on this missions trip? Man, the Lord is like, I mean, I cooked. Can you wash the dishes? (laughs) What's so hard about that? And I, we just, we make a big deal about it. And so, man, that ignorance, that discovery is something that I want to explore. And so here are your key points. Um, I think we have a slide here that has all three of them. That way you can, I forgot to underline lead. 
Yep, that's because this is all new. There's two weeks in a row of PowerPoint. I don't know what's happening. Praise the Lord. That's what's happening. <laughs> so a biblical comprehension of Christ will lead me to salvation. Okay, I, of the faces that I can see on here, you, you got that part. But now you might want to move off of that. We'll come back to that in a second because don't. A biblical comprehension, and notice that I'm saying biblical, because if I'm saying biblical, I'm saying heart and mind. If you just simply academically comprehend Christ, you still could get nowhere. Who knows really Christ better than Israel to some degree and yet is the farthest from him? You know what I'm saying? Like, that, that's like his own words. A biblical con- comprehension of Christ will set my expectation. So let's dive into this. This first key point here, biblical comprehension will lead me to salvation. In Acts 4.4, because I really, what I should have done is actually include three and four, because what happens in four is, okay, so after Peter you know, and John, they heal this dude. And this guy has not walked in 40 plus years. Okay. He gets up leaping. So do you think that would cause a commotion? If every day, you know, let's say you go for a walk in the park and every day you go for a walk in the park, there's this guy that is asking for money and he's, you know, he's in a bad way. You know, maybe he has a blanket over his legs. He, you know, you've never seen him move at all from that and now he's leaping I, you wouldn't you would inquire <laughs> you know you, so, so that created a stir and people are like hey what's going on here right and uh essentially what happens is these people gather around so then peter opportunistic takes the opportunity to help his kinsmen because again kingdom focus for him looks like i want to see israel restored so you understand that there's something driving that, that kingdom focus. Now, again, okay, so that's a whole other message. We kind of talked about that earlier when we were in Acts about, you know, whether, whether you have kingdom focus or not. But you got to understand that's Peter's thing. So he's being opportunistic there. He starts preaching the gospel to these guys, right? And then it says in Acts 4.4, how be it, many of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000. And so... You can, uh, you can understand there's something there. There was a discovery that exposed all those comparisons and contrasts. Those guys finally had a chance to actually, instead of just watching it, remember, y'all, we're talking like 50-plus days ago, th- this happened. The actual event happened. And these people were just walking around, do-do-do-do, as Maria would say, and not not saved. And so now he has to... Let's lay this out in a way that's like, hey, let me make it plain for you. This is what this is what happened. This is by which power this man is able to leap. It's crazy. It's awesome, really. In 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 4, it says, For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. See, the thing that I want you to take from this is this. You've heard the gospel and you believe it. And, and, and the church that we're in, we give you opportunity to, to be about the Lord's business and to, 
re, you know, to preach and to disciple and all those things. And of this group that I'm looking at, you guys are about it. You've either been in discipleship or taken somebody through discipleship or whatever, right? Like you have, you have that thinking, but I don't want you to ever think that you are moving away from what the cross has done because well, John 15, 3 says this, greater love hath no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. And what I'm saying to you is this, instead of you maybe looking at like, okay, Lord, I'm saved. I got that down. Now let's go into sanctification period. And that's a longer period, right? No, listen, don't ever get over the fact of what happened at the cross. Because essentially, when, when, when you start having a rough time in ministry, and you will, guaranteed, and you have a tendency to maybe think that somehow the Lord is not with you. How could he not be with you when the greatest love that could ever be displayed has been shown to you and you received it? You see what I'm saying? That's why the gospel can't be this thing that I kind of just treat like, ah, I'm done with it. I'm not done with it. I can't be done with it. There are yet layers because I guarantee you, if you said, if somebody said, you got a hundred words to try and describe God's love for you and why he deemed it necessary. What you're going to start doing is copy and paste in scripture that you really don't grasp, right? Cause you don't, we don't know. None of us would do that. A lot of you have children. None of you are going to sacrifice your child for me. You love me. I know you do. You here right now. You can be doing whatever, eating breakfast, whatever you right here. So I know you love me, but you don't love me that much. And praise the Lord, I would call the cops <laughs> and tell on you. <laughs> and so, I, so man, you see what I'm saying in terms of that type of love is the kind of love that should propel me when the Lord is asking of me and it is uncomfortable that I simply go back to, well, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'll wash the dishes, you cook. Like, actually, you cooked every night this week and didn't ask me to wash the dishes. Now you did, and now I just made a big deal about it. <laughs> like, you left all the dishes. No, you cooked and washed them, and now you just said, hey, you mind washing these dishes? I beseech you, therefore, brother. It's just something to, it's something to consider. It's something to, it's something to never leave off of. There are next key point in terms of that biblical comprehension of Christ will guide me in sanctification. Okay, so here's where we are. We know that we talk about this often, that throne of grace, the Bible says I can come to boldly. In uh, Ephesians 5, 8, it says, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light. Oh, I, I didn't read my Acts first. Let me read this. It says this in, 4, in 4.13. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, in their eyes, they know everything they need to know. That who's got the upper hand now? If, if, if the Lord just says, okay, uh, let's go. We know Peter and John are out of there. And the lame man. Right? I mean, the, the rulers would be like, uh, what happened? These guys, uh-oh. We're in trouble. Yes, you are in trouble. Okay, so now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. Can people say that about us? Listen, I'm, I teach, you guys all know I teach at a college and 
it's funny, and I don't mean to uh, <laughs> make a display of my colleagues, but people in academia are quite proud of their degrees and what they know. And I, I think it's funny because we get paid pretty close to the same and I'm an idiot. Now who's winning now? <laughs> right? Like the Lord, that's the Lord. That's the advantage of the Lord, you know, on your behalf is that he puts you in situations you don't deserve to be in. But the thing is, can at the end of the day, the way that I conduct myself and, and not, you know, high and park my vestures in the courts of uh, Johnson County, it just, in a humble way, I greet people or, or just be nice or whatever, that they see Jesus on me? Man, I would much rather they would say that. I don't mind if somebody, because I, you guys have all seen my uniform shirt, you know, somebody might ask me to take their trash out of their office if I'm in the wrong part of campus. Now, where, am I, where I'm at, everybody knows what I am and what I'm doing and all that, but I could go to the, you know, English or math side of it and somebody might say, oh, hey, can you, you know, take the trash out? You know, I will. I'm, it might be on their desk, but I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, you see, but you see what I'm saying? There is something that needs to be displayed out of you from that place of love because you are, why? Well, I'm confident in my relationship with the Lord, so I don't care what the world thinks about me. I would rather make sure that they, they see Christ in me and how it is that I respond in the world. And so that's why I was saying then in Ephesians where it says, for you were sometimes darkness, but now are you light in the Lord? Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Boy, Peter sure doesn't have a problem with that. And I'm not saying he's, he's wrong about that. Actually, I, I agree. He's putting himself in harm's way. You're at the temple and you are going up against what is being taught at the temple because which you know that like you, you're, you are trapping people in bondage to the veil and the veil has been torn. Man. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are approved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Can Listen, guys, can you do that from a place of love? Is what you know about Christ enough for you to say, I, I want to obey you in that? Just the way that, you know, a lot of us have great parents. And, you know, my, my mother w- was very much an authoritarian, but I knew that I was loved and, and like one of our favorite people and I just, I remember, did I ever tell you guys about the uh, three-hour uh, pork chops? One time when I was in uh, high school, I I wanted to cook for mama. She was at work, and I was at home. I think it was the summertime, and so I'm like, okay, I'm a, I'm a cook. So, I, you know, I like corn. Okay, I'm going to get this corn. And I think she had seasoned some pork chops or something. <laughs> and so I put them in the oven. 
for three hours. And I kept adding water to it and like I opened the thing, you know, and check on it. Man, it's smelling good and all that. And so I wanted hot food when my mama came home, right? Because I because I love her. And and when I told her how long we got a laugh on them bad boys was tough. <laughs> I mean, we just we I think we got pizza or something else. But she was I so okay, here we are in a low income situation. I just two thick pork chops dead. I mean them we ain't eating these. <laughs> right? And so and she was good. Why? Just because it was an act of kindness. This woman's been at work for me. Making sure I eat. My mother very much and, and, and I I'm not ashamed to say it, she didn't eat to make sure I ate sometimes. I, I can't cook for her one time, even if it is three hour long, tough leather belt pork chops. <laughs> but I'm just saying, see, I'm trying. I was trying to redeem the time. I'm at home. I'm not as busy as Mama. I'm not at work. I'm you know whatever, listening to rap music, practicing break dancing. I don't know whatever I was doing, you know. And so, well, no. Let me actually go in this kitchen here and try and figure it out. And uh, just from watching. It's appreciated, guys. I'm just saying, do you, are you inconvenienced when the Lord is making, is putting you in situations that you have to stand up on him? Man, don't be ashamed. Don't be upset. Don't refuse it. There's so much opportunity there where there's new discovery. If you just do it, then there's new discovery. Think about what it is that Joshua and Caleb learned that the whole generation that died in the wilderness didn't learn because they just refused to obey the Lord. All of those days that happened, that's 40 years, essentially think about it. The Lord's merciful. Those individuals, when he made that statement of saying, hey, we're going to walk around here and most of y'all going to die except for your children. You know what I would have done? I would have gotten off. Moses, let me talk to you. I need to talk to you. Um, I don't want to die. So what do I have to do? <laughs> right? I, I don't want my kids to get somewhere that I'm not. And sometimes I just think a little bit, we get used to watching other people get free. And the Lord is like, man, I, I saved you so that you could be fruitful, so that you could understand me in this way, so I could show you something, so I could teach you something. It's just something to consider. And our last point, a biblical comprehension of Christ will set my expectations. And I want to I want to be clear about these ex- expectations. On Peter's part, the expectation is Christ ruling from Jerusalem at that temple. That's what he wants. We know that that will change because you know Acts is in two sub chap uh, two subdivisions rather, which is like Israel focus and then the entire world focus. And so with that, that that is his expectation. He is driven by that. Everything that he's doing and saying is to try and make that come about. But now, listen to this. It's kind of interesting. Let's see if you can get it from here. Acts 4, 18 and 19, it says, and they called them and commanded them. So this is the ruler. So what happened is Peter and John and the layman get thrown in jail. The, it's like 5,000 people that hear his words, his sermon. They're like, hey, we in. We believe it, right? I, I read that to you earlier. That was in uh, verse four. And so now the rulers show up. You know, this involves the Sadducees, and it's like a mixed group of 
of elders and those individuals. And now they're, they're basically putting them on trial, trying to figure out what to do. But the people are so great that the people are like, uh, uh-uh, no, you, no, that, that we ain't doing that today. And so they're like, uh, well, maybe we should let, we don't really have a good reason, you know, let's let them go. And so that's kind of where we're picking up right here. And so, and they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach in the name of Jesus. I love this. But Peter and John answered, super simple, and said to them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye, because I've already judged it. <laughs> it's essentially what his, his statement is. I love that. Hey, listen, I'm, a, I'm about that life. So I'm going to go out there. I'm going to say what I got to say, because it's the truth. And what you're saying here, this is all, you know, shoots and ladders. I don't know what you're doing in there. So notice the, notice the confidence. It implies that God rewards obedience. In Revelations 22, 12, it says, And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give every man according as his work shall be. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments, that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. This type of confidence also says, uh, uh, excuse me, uh, I messed myself up there. <laughs> this type of confidence only comes when you know what God has promised. And so, of course, very simply, a discipleship verse, 1 John 2, 25, and this is the promise that he had promised us, even eternal life. And so I'm saying that essentially it is by, he understands God's love so much that he knows that the Lord is not done with Israel and neither should we be thinking that in, this, in the state of grace that we're in. But yes, he has shifted a focus to now allow the rest of the world to pick that up. And if any Israelite would accept that saying, they would also be looking for something just as much as we are, which is to be raptured out of here. Then I don't have to deal with all of this other stuff that I have going on, but I don't want to be so um, farsighted that I miss the thing and opportunities that the Lord is saying, hey, you can have fruit now. You can have reward now. You can, you can do all of uh, now, right now. You don't have to wait for relief. Then you can have relief mentally because why? You know, me and you are connected and can't nobody change that. So I want, there's some ap- uh, applications for you to just ponder. Jesus helped me to see how, how you deal with your people when, when, when they fail, doubt, or sin. Maybe that's, maybe that's one of the places where you think the Lord doesn't love you. Or, and so what you do is hide your sin. You don't like, you don't uh, ask for forgiveness because you're ashamed. You don't, you don't, you know, tell a brother or sister, or maybe you withhold that from me as if somehow I, I have room to stand on the judge. You listen, I can't judge you. I'm as flawed as you guys. Man, I'm, I'm here for, for your benefit. Let me at least pray for you. I'm, we want fervent, effectual prayer on these situations that you wrestle with. Not hiding. That's not God's heart for you. So I, I want to know. Maybe I need to know better. What has the Bible, Bible shown me about how he deals with people in those situations when they fail, when they doubt, when they sin? Jesus, show me your long suffering and patience with people in your word. Maybe it, maybe that's the thing. I think that the Lord's patience is drawing away. And so now I'm like, uh oh, I'm, man, 
and I get all antsy about something. And so now if I can't in the flesh do it with perfection, I don't do it at all. Man, he's patient. And it's been a long time for some of y'all to get to the where you are. And you know what? You ain't late. You're on time. You may feel late. That is the devil telling you you're late. And then, because what good comes from you thinking that you're late to right now? Nothing. Nothing good comes from that. Jesus helped me to desire the fruit that my brothers and sisters have because you want me to have it too. I tell you, and I'll tell you again, the example of Dan Renault in the class and his allowance of me being up close to him led me to start asking the Lord for what materialized into what I'm doing. I saw the fruit. I saw the, and it wasn't, guys, listen, he doesn't have any, um, uh, this some title or he did you know uh, some power over those wonderful uh, kids and Kaya. I just saw that he he was being used in their life and he was having fruit and and it was impacting and making relationships and that's all I want. You know we've talked about you guys have been with us this whole time. I think we're in year four and a lot a, a lot of you that are on right now have been there pretty much that whole time. Man, praise the Lord. But do you just like watching me do do that work like that? Or do you have desires and aspirations to do the same? And you don't need the platform of fellowship leader to do what I'm doing. You all all this is is a glorified Bible study. I just have that I have to get dressed up for. <laughs> so you can have a Bible study. You can be man or woman. You can be married or single. You don't, you don't have to discount yourself because of some, you know, the Lord is, man, he's what, EEOC? <laughs> you know, he's all about, hey, what are you, I don't care. You got this issue? Great. Sign him up. We love him. I love you. Let's do this. I got work for you. Maybe it's this one. Jesus, tell me again that you're coming back so that I might be comforted by your return. I... Because when you're looking at you know, the pandemic, maybe them prayers got a little bit more frequent. I don't know what's happened, especially at the beginning, you know, when we really didn't know what was going on. And it was kind of like, uh, this is wild. I have never in my life. I mean, 9-11 was hard enough because we all kind of remember that. Just like, you know, I was at work and I saw the second plane hit because my CEO of the company I was working for had me come in his office. He's like, I think we're under attack. And then I'm watching Peter Jennings and then boom, the plane go up. Freaked out. This was worse because it's longer. I mean, just, and you didn't know like how many people are going to die from the thing and whatever. So, you know, you might be like, uh, come quickly now, Lord, please. Now, today, right now. Man, praise the Lord. I need to maybe look in there just to be assured that he is coming back. And well, and since he's coming back, he's got a reward in his hand. So I, I better have done something. Did I straighten up? It's like, it's like Sam always uses that analogy. You know, he wants to get caught doing the work. His mama walks in the door. He's got the vacuum in his hand. Oh, just nothing here. Just running a couple lines on the floor for you, mama. That's all. <laughs> That's how I want to be in the heart of discipleship, just in the middle of it. And God say it the look. Yes. I couldn't have timed that any better. <laughs> you know, that would be awesome, right? Or teaching the word of God, right? 
not goofing off, but, you know, oh, man, I was watching the Last Dance series. <laughs> Which I will be tonight. That's okay. Sorry, right. you can do that. But, man, just understand what I'm saying. There's a closeness that the Lord is always wooing you to that I don't think that we take full advantage of. And so in closing, I want you to consider something. Do you have the data and the heart to move forward in faith on whatever the Lord has put in front of you? If not, why not? I think that there, I don't think that the Lord has left anything hanging or anything hidden that would say, well, I don't know how the Lord feels about me in this way. Man, there's nothing in scripture it's everything that just like, there's all these layers. And the more that you study, the more that you uncover, it's like an onion. This is like, oh, wow, there's this and there's this and there's this. And it, and hopefully it will build us to a point where we say, Lord, whatever you want, I'm in. Because, well, I feel like I know you. Because I've done the work to look in your word, in your book. And I'm going I'm to commit these things. Lord, help me. Help my unbelief. Right. Comfort me with your return. Tell me how it is that you deal with those that fail you. You know, just so I know, like, I'm good. I don't have to perform. I don't have to juggle for you. All that's been settled. Right. And so if you haven't, if you've been wrestling with that, I just pray um, that that you would be over that um, and uh, that you really could just begin to be free, be at the liberty that was kind of mentioned in one of our verses earlier. That liberty also is not just the the liberty to serve, but just the freedom to be in a relationship, you know, with the God of everything, the ruler of everything. Take advantage of it. And then when he starts directing, then follow him. And wherever you end up, praise the Lord. We'll just praise the Lord. Okay, let's pray. And then we'll, we'll, We'll do whatever you want to do. After. Um, Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you uh, just for your word. And, and uh, Lord, uh, Lord, I pray that really that my brothers and sisters um, just see in me a newfound uh, confidence. Um, Lord, I, I know that I have been maybe focusing on just the wrong aspects, uh, the hardness, um, you know, the 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 inability or whatever it is, Lord. And, and those things have sometimes uh, just wavered my faith. But Father, if I just, I'm just glad that you just said, hey, just look at me. Just, just desire me. And I, I, I will, everywhere you fall short, I will, I will fill it up and fill it in. Lord, help us to believe that. Lord, I pray that these individuals will see that in me. Um, And so, Lord, move us forward from a place of love, confident in just in you and you alone. Lord, that even that I wouldn't just be enticed by fruit or just be enticed by, you know, uh, ministry and purpose. Yes, those things you've given me. But, Lord, the, the thing that is the greatest reward is you. I have you. And so, Lord, help us to believe that, to live that out. Uh. Lord, have an impact in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.